Yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast Facebook Q&A edition on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page. I'm your host, as always, TJ. And today, we've got some questions already lined up, um, a couple quite interesting ones, um, obviously mostly pertaining to this lockdown that we're in. Um, it is starting to become all-encompassing once again, as it was like earlier in the year. Um, but now we're, we're trying to uh, get over that, and we are trying to learn the lessons that we should have learned the last time, and we are trying to... Uh, still make progress accord as you know as best we can. Um, you know what? I've um, completely ah. Uh, let's do that. So uh, as we have previously done now, or as we are starting to do now, I am going to start this podcast by getting into my fail. So what stupid stuff I did in the pursuit of gains, edition uh, two. I guess, is the amount of different chest exercises I used to do. So I remember when I first started training, I think I was 17. Yeah, I was 17. I was training with my local first team at my club. And we'd just gotten in, you know, I'd just been given my program. I was doing the program and we stuck to it. And there was some bench press in the program, but it wasn't much else other than bench press. And... I remember looking at the captain who was a number eight at the time, a uh, big Cornish fella, and he had the, like the biggest chest I've ever seen. And I didn't realize at the time, like it was the, actually, we'll get into that. So I was like, right, I need to get a chest like him. That's how, that's how I'm going to be a really good player. So I saw that we had, you know, I think we just did bench press twice a week as part of the um training program and that was about it and it was like heavy-ish and I think we did some push-ups as well but I was like that's not enough I need to make sure that I do um, some sort of fly variation every single session so I did dumbbell flies one session the next session I would do the the pec deck and then the next session I would do um, the uh, uh, cable crossover that was it so the cable crossover so I did um extra chest work every single session i remember thinking me and my training partner at the time were like yeah that's that's how dave got his massive chest he didn't obviously just get it doing push-ups and then i remember asking him one day like this was months later and i was like like your chest is massive and he goes yeah yeah i don't train any weights (laughs) like he don't like he was just naturally a big dude who had a big chest and I remember really thinking that the only way he must have got a chest that big was doing lots of different fly variations. It turned out that was completely wrong. And it turned out that me doing more exercises didn't make me any stronger or any better at rugby. It didn't help me at all. In fact, it just wasted a lot more of my time. So stupid shit I did in a pursuit of gains episode or edition number two. Pointlessly layering top of fly, uh, flyers on top of my current training just because I thought that was what the Cornish guy did at me, uh, uh, in my rugby club. Um, I thought of that on the spot because only once I hit recorder did I remember that I'd started that new series. So um quite happy that I remembered that in time. Now, for those listening on the podcast feed, as usual, um, if you can give us a five-star review, it really does help the show. The show is growing massively. We are getting... um uh, reviews coming in not left right and center but we're getting a nice amount of reviews coming in and we really want to um, help you guys out uh, thanks you know in in part 
the reviews help helps us help you, but it helps me stay consistent. We've now got a new um a a new series coming out where we are doing rubbing muscle applied where it's just me. We will be in the new year. That is the new year is when we are looking to get a ton of guests on. We'll have weekly guests on. But for now we're going to go, go through rugby muscle applied so that we get like into the nitty gritty and give you guys lots of um extra information that you can really apply. You know, it's 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 hard out there to actually get nailed down like what am I supposed to be doing? And I really think that this rugby muscle applied series is really gonna help that out, give you some sort of templates or, or guidelines to shape your own program. Because as I say on this QA edition all the time. Everything that you do in the gym is so, so, and with your nutrition, it becomes so, so individual that it's very difficult to give you the black and white answers that you guys want. However, if we're talking about um, generalizations that things can fit into, then there are there are good guidelines that I can give you. And whilst, you know, I could argue that I save those for my paying clients, it's not true because the paying clients get the individualization done exactly specifically for them and that's where they pay the money that's that's you know they're paying money for the lack of thinking for the lack of effort so so you know lack of effort in the thinking side of things that they can put all of their energy towards training and they actually end up saving themselves a lot of time all of this is to say that if you're listening on the podcast go and give us a five-star review really does help out and you give yourself a chance to win a free consultation with me which usually will cost you over a hundred dollars so uh, Gage gets this one. So Gage Gib15 gives us gives us a five star review. Says actually teaches athletic workouts to prepare your body. It's quite a simple five star review, and it was at the top. So there you go, Gage. Reach out if you want a free month of rugby muscle, or you want a free consultation. We will take care of that for you. Reach to me at TJ underscore rugby. Now, without further ado, if you again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, one more thing: if you go to Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page, type in a question. These are the questions I'll be answering on this week's edition, and you can also join us live. It's usually every Friday, but as I've said last week, we are looking to potentially change that time in the next coming weeks. But we have been consistent as fuck with these episodes most recently, so I'm going to keep them going. Let's get into the questions then. So first one comes from Warner. He says, how can I improve my rugby IQ and improve my rugby skills during these shitty times? That is a great question because obviously um, most people come to rugby muscle because they want to, you know, they want to smash their strength and conditioning and, and they really want to improve their game. And they don't realize the limitations that strength and conditioning, that physical preparation has in your overall rugby performance. Now, Yes, obviously getting stronger, getting more powerful, becoming a better athlete is going to give you the potential to be a much better rugby player, like a much greater potential to be a much better rugby player. But it is not going to definitely, definitely make you a rugby better rugby player. It's only part of the equation. We've, we've got physical preparation, we've got tactical preparation and mental preparation, as well as um, our specific skill preparation as well. So physical preparation is only one part of the equation that makes you a better rugby player. So trying to improve your rugby IQ and trying to improve your rugby skills is definitely something you still want to try to keep up as much as you can during these times. So first off, in terms of improving your rugby IQ, what I would do is just watch 
quite a lot of rugby and I'd watch it with a different lens. I wouldn't watch it just for the entertainment part. I mean, of course, that does help. But I would also break stuff down so I'd stop and, you know, try and play a camera guy in your position. Um, and you might say, oh, this takes up time. But if you want to just take up the time that you would have usually spent um, playing rugby, do that. Or, or the time that you'd spend doing your rugby training, just go watch a game and watch someone. Like if you're a scrum half, watch Aaron Smith. If you're a, or um, Anton Dupont. If you're a number eight, go and watch... Um, uh, Tom Curry or you know watch um, well, when he's playing number eight for England why have I spaced on any number eights maybe don't watch Sergio Perisha he's a bit wacky but watch uh, if you're a back row watch Ardy Surveyor or watch whatever back row you want to play like or, or watch if you're a lock watch try and watch Maratoji but Jesus don't don't start thinking that that's what you should be doing as a lock but you keep watching more and more rugby and you watch how different players affect games in different ways and you watch and you'll see how much different what they do is to what you think if you're just watching it as a fan you think oh my god this guy's everywhere or oh my god like you know um this guy hits every rock or whatever and you'll see how often they rest and how much the, the game is played tactically it's not about hitting as many rucks as you can it's not about just blindly con constantly following the ball it's about picking and choosing your moments it's one of the things i see with the curry boys a lot and any any actual rugby player that is really good at getting into the jackal position and getting good turnovers, for the most part, what guys do when they get good turnovers is that they pick and choose when to, you know, they actually skip a lot of rucks. They see a ruck, they see that they're not going to be able to affect the turnover at all, so they just skip it and they just go to the next phase and then go to the next phase and they track quite well. So keep an eye out for that. That's what I would do if I was trying to improve my rugby IQ. And then, and if you could watch your own footage, great. It's just sometimes it might be a little bit frustrating because you, you're not going to play for a while. Uh, and then in terms of what improving your skills, um, like it depends what skills you want to work on if you want to work on, like, but this is would be the time to work on your skills at a really low level. So you'd break everything down, do everything like just consistently for reps. So like we could do this with jumping, we could do this with passing, we could do this with all all different skills that you have, but you do it really slowly, really consciously. You walk through all the steps, you unlearn everything that you've already learned, and you just do it on you just do it as consciously as you can. You think about exactly where your hand goes in a pass, or you think about exactly your foot positioning for a ruck. Um, obviously with different skills and things, you'll need different partners. Uh, but for the most part, if you just get one buddy and practice passing the ball for 30 minutes once a week or twice a week, your passing in a matter of months will dramatically improve. Only if you do it this step. So you you, you break it down, you break the steel down completely, you analyze exactly how you should be doing it, how you should be doing it, and you and you start as if you were a complete beginner. You unlearn all of your bad habits. Uh, and you break it down and you think about the whole movement. You you work off of both hands or you work off of both sides and you break it down. And you do it really, really, really slowly. And you continue to do that for a couple of weeks. Then you'll slowly add in a bit more speed, a little bit more resistance, a bit more power, a bit more distance. Oh, I'm a rapper. Um, and then after that, you would start to add complexity. So you would start to catch and then pass, or you would start to take a few steps and then pass. And only after a period of time would you, you, 
you build upon those skills. If you just do the, the, you know, you, you do the conscious effort and then you go straight back into passing out, you, you're going to unlearn everything and you go back into your old habits. Break it down, build, build, build some more complexity, some more spills, some more spilled, some more speed, some more game specific scenarios slowly over the course of months because you've got a long fucking time to practice this stuff. Um, and then from there, you know, you, you might have not had any actual game practice, but what you've done is you've taken a skill that you sucked at before or, or that you're okay at and you've completely rebuilt it from the ground up and you should be, you know, you've got the time now to do that. And I think this is a great time to do those things. It's very difficult to do that during a rugby season because you would go back to passing with your old habits and then you'd have to go unlearn that again because every time you'd, you'd play a game, or you'd do anything in training, you would do it instinctively. You would instinctively pass in your old shitty habits, or you'd instinctively ruck in your old crappy habits. So you, you then sort of get that interference effect. Whereas right now, because you're not passing on a regular basis, or because you're not rucking on a regular basis, whereby you need to you know go back into your old habits because you're trying to think, not think about it, no, you, you're at a time where you can really break the skills down and improve upon those. We can give a step-by-step. I might do that for my guys at Team Rugby Muscle. Um, I might give them a step-by-step skill improvement breakdown to do in their free time. So thanks for that idea. I'm going to jot that down. That'll be coming up on the Rugby Muscle members site. So next question comes from Stuart Luxembourg Logia. I'm going to say Logia. It could be Logia, but he says, what are your thoughts on managing a gym session with athletes of different abilities, i.e. letting the competent lifters work away focusing on helping the beginners even if that means not having much input feedback for the first set of athletes yeah you've pretty much nailed it um for if if they're so with rugby you're just going to get a lot of um higher level people that just like the gym like most of you guys that are watching or listening to this podcast you have a bit more of a deeper understanding and that's good and that means you can have a lot more auto regulation you can have a lot more trust in those athletes i'm assuming Stuart, you're a coach so you, you have a lot more trust in those high level athletes now does that mean that that you should have no impact no like it means that you should really you should have like a consultancy sort of role an overseeing effect you should say right what you know you you should lay out their base of their program and then maybe they fill in what they want to do for each exercise. But you say, right, the goal of this session is to do whatever it is, right? Maybe the goal of the session is to, um, is, is lower body power. Ideally, we're working single leg variations. Pick whatever you want to, pick a hinge and pick a squat, have a way at it or pick or you can give them the movements and then they pick the weights and you know you don't have to give them too much technical feedback but they they still you still want to give them feedback then in terms of absolute beginners like you want to be watching them for most sets right you want to correct that because the biggest thing that's going to hold them back yes you're doing the program but if they if you do give them the program and they don't perform a single exercise correctly then then they haven't done the program so it's really important you keep an eye on the beginners likewise the advanced set of athletes you know watch them in the background but if you know that they're already moving well and you know once you've seen you're like yeah that's okay then you can let them go however sometimes there are athletes that think they're advanced they think they know enough and then you watch them move and and they're like oh you know what you know i don't know why i always keep getting my hamstring tests and then you watch them doing a romanian deadlift and it just looks you know just atrocious they're like i can't feel it in my hamstrings like yeah because you don't know how to do it so just be aware that not all um, 
you know, competent lifters are as competent as they think, so they can always be refined. But for the most part, you, you know, the more advanced someone gets in their lifting journey, the more of a consultancy role that they do. It's the same thing that I've set up here with rugby muscle, right? Is that, um, I will not, I don't work with guys that don't have a decent, have good competency in the gym because I can't see what they're doing. So if I give them a program and they perform every exercise poorly, I can't, I can't help them out with that. Um, there are some guys that are a little bit less advanced that still want to work with me or they're not even less advanced. They just have very little gym experience, but they still want to work with me. They actually have to pay a higher price because they will get constant video feedback and because they need to get guidance through their training techniques. Likewise, most guys that are um, a little bit more advanced or at least, you know, not advanced, but they just know what they're doing with exercises. We still we still have a few movements where I'm like, right, make sure you video this movement so I can see it because, you know, setting out a program is one thing, but having them do the program as it is envisioned in your head is a complete different thing. So you, you'd have to keep on top of, of that. And then in, in general, like, I think rather than managing a gym session, it's more important, and I would say this because I work online, but it's more important to manage the program itself, manage the overall training of your athletes. Like, yes, some sit, you know, they might have a really productive gym session. You're like, awesome. But if they go and do fuck all for the rest of the week, they're not going to improve as players. Like, it's how they get on when they're outside the gym. Unless you're with them five days a week, maybe that's different. And maybe they're college athletes or something like that. And then maybe if that's the case, you've got total control. You've got the dream there and and you know they they should be consistently improving but then even then you still want them to improve over the lifetime of them being an athlete so you should still be educating them on what they should be doing on their own time as well hopefully that makes sense um let me know if you have any follow-ups to that because I, I do what consult with some coaches so um absolutely can give you ex more feedback on that if you want Stuart. next question comes from owen he says, since lockdown is back, I want to put on some power, strength and speed. And he's put power in bracket strength and speed. So that, yeah, okay. Which will make me better as a back row player. I have a multi-purpose York 2002 gym. Don't know what that is. A 10 kilo dumbbell and a few knee resistance bands. Wondering, do you have any advice? Yeah, so I would say um, if you're going to work power, just work basic jump like low level tump jumps do what i suggested with this the skill improvement break your movement down like really to the to like the lowest level and just jump like you you're going to jump not even like you're not even going to lower yourself into the jump you're going to start at the bottom position of a jump so your knees are bent your hips are ready to jump and then you would jump and then you would just practice sticking that landing and then you would do that with rotations and you would do that on a single leg or you do that side to side you could do whatever jump variations you want to do but you break it down so you're at the point where you're, all you're doing is the concentric jump, right? You're not even lowering yourself down. Then the next week, you would go into lowering yourself. So you drop down, then you jump. Then you would add uh, distance, add speed, as long as you're consistently sticking the landing. And from there, you, what you're developing is your muscle's ability to contract and coordinate the movement as efficiently as possible. Most of us don't move efficiently, so we've got a lot of that, you know. So if we do like a heavy weighted jump squat or we do, you know, different drills that are quote unquote high level power drills, 
all we're doing is like polishing a turd if we're moving if we don't move very well whereas if you just refine that skill of jumping and you refine your actual movement you're going to get so much better bang for your buck that's why a lot of the power i do with my guys on team rubbing muscle is is very low level because you get a good bang for your buck because you, you break the movement down you get more efficient at move at doing that movement you also then save yourself some energy to get stronger in the other parts of the week and then when it comes back to doing the movement you've got more potential you move better boom all of a sudden you're more powerful Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right, a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Because, uh, and yes, there are advanced power movements that you can do, but go watch a rugby physical preparation pyramid, understand why that's not as necessary as you think. And particularly when you're stuck in lockdown and you've you've only got a multi-purpose York 2002 gym, which I'm assuming is some sort of like funky cable, uh, maybe a squat rack of some kind, you know, you've got one dumbbell and you've got those, um, those get, grow your butt big bands, like you're not going to work a, a amazing amounts of specific power. At the same time, you also don't want to work loads of specific power because you have no need to express it. You have no way of showing it in a game. You're better off in this time when there's no foreseeable rugby. As I said in the last podcast, I've been repeating over and over again. You're you're better off um, increasing your size, increasing your general strength, and that's going to give you the the bigger potential when it comes back to rugby at utilizing that extra strength, that extra size, as a rugby player, right? You, you're, you're utilizing it in the rugby practice once you get back to rugby. What I see a lot of the time is, um, is rugby players that are consistently like doing rugby specific stuff, but then they're not using any rugby to express it. So then when it got, you know, and because they're doing it in the off season, and then you take a month off and you've got to relearn the rugby specific training thing that you've been doing. And then you've got to apply it to a rugby. You might as well wait till rugby starts before you go go into the real specific stuff. If you're not doing any rugby right now, now's the time to really work on your general physical components. And and it's like, I can't emphasize that enough, how much of a good time it is to work on your general st- uh, strength. Not only on top of that, but I think I might, is this, is this the next question as well there? There's no, but not only on top of that, I, was, I thought he, the next question was dealing with motivation, but not only that, but it helps you stay a lot more motivated when you're in the um, when you're in the gym as well, because like now or when you're training, because now you've you you know you're not having to constantly go. Oh, is this going to make me a better player? Is it? You know, you're, you you look in the mirror, you look on the scale, you look at your your reps, and you look at your progress as a as an actual um, just a general athlete, and you see it getting better. You know, this is what most people do when they go to the gym that aren't trying to improve as a rugby player. Okay. We've got a question coming on the live feed now. So um, 
Dave says, for an effective beginner, is there any major difference between training to put on size or training to increase strength? Great, great question. So um, I'm actually going into this um, in part two of Rugby Muscle Applied for the for next week's podcast. It might be last week's podcast if you listen to this on the podcast. But if you're watching live, that'll be out, I think, next week. I think I'm going to do um, the Hypertrophy 102 before I get into fat loss. So um, for a beginner... There isn't, a, you know, you're going to get stronger and get bigger at the same time for the most part. If you're a complete beginner, you work in the six to 10 rep range, you're going to increase muscle growth because you're, you know, you've got so much potential to, um, to utilize there. You're also going to get quite a lot stronger in as your, not only do you build more muscles to contract, but you, your, your muscles actually learn to contract more efficiently as well. So if you just work in the six to 10 rep range, not only do you get stronger, but you also get bigger at the same time. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You get stronger in that rep range. That rep range will carry over. It will have some carryover. So if you get stronger in the rep range of six to 10 reps, you'll also get stronger in the, you know, the absolute strength range where you're only working, you know, three to five reps or one to three reps. You will get stronger in that. As you get more and more advanced, that strength starts to become a skill. And the more you um, the more you train it, the less you have to to complete to consistently get stronger, right? So that's why it's you know it's it's why getting bigger is the easiest way to get stronger is because you if you continue to add more muscle, you have more potential to of of, uh, of neurons to fire efficiently. You've only got a limited amount of neurons, so the more efficient you get the less the, or the more difficult it is to increase that efficiency, right? You're using a higher and higher and higher percentile of your total uh, muscular potential. So to improve that muscular potential or the strength potential, you add more muscle. And that's when, as you become an intermediate and advanced athlete, actually becomes much uh, more fruitful for you as a, as a trainer or as an athlete, it becomes more fruitful for you to take time to work just hypertrophy, okay? Once you've got more muscle, it's so much easier to make that muscle stronger. But once you've maxed out how strong that muscle can be, it becomes so much harder to then like increase those top tiny few percentages. You're much better off just taking some time away, getting that muscle bigger again, and then you and then once that muscle is bigger, which will, when you're working in the you know the six to ten, the ten to fifteen rep range, once that muscle is bigger because you've added more volume, and you've not used such a heavy weight which has fatigued you, you've been able to add a decent bit of volume to your training, which means you've been able to add muscle. Once you've added that muscle, you can then you know utilize that muscle, and you can. There's even science suggesting now you can convert type two fibers to, or type one to type two fibers quite easily, and you can type to convert type 2x fibers to type 2a fibers so you can make them stronger and more explosive once you've built those muscles so i would once you become intermediate to advanced i would definitely take you know i wouldn't cross my wires too much with strength and hypertrophy training i would actually and the, and this is something that i've changed my mind on quite not recently but over since since uh, the inception of rugby muscle it's you you're much better off taking a good few months to build some muscle and then taking you know maybe the same period of time maybe a little bit short time to then really um, hammer home the strength side of things 
with that bigger muscle. Then you take some more time to build that muscle. And then again, to have time to, to really try and peak that muscle. And over time you consist, and, and this whole time, ideally you're going to be in as much of a calorie, caloric surplus as you can. So you, you've given yourself that potential to consistently build muscle. Um, if you are working the athleticism and the strength side of things, more so the athleticism side of things, that's when I would look to cut because you're still doing, you're still promoting enough stress throughout the body to hold on to the muscle. You're just not doing, you know, that increased volume that you would need to grow to grow it. So, gone a little bit in depth there, but that's because that's something that's been on my mind because of the the podcast that's coming up. But essentially, when you're a beginner, everything's going to work within your first year or so of training. I would do most of my work in the five to 10 rep range. You don't need too much volume. You just need to eat enough. You need to make sure that your um, weight is consistently going up on, on the bar and weight in the gym. He has a follow-up question just in time. So he says, so training high weights, low reps, taxes the nervous system quite a bit. I heard, is it ideal to be training around 10 to 15 to allow more sessions in the gym? No, I, I um, Moving inefficiently taxes the nervous system. Uh, moving three to five reps taxes the nervous system. Five to ten reps will not um, uh, will not tax your nervous system too much. As long as you are moving well, as long as you are moving with strict form, uh, you know, you're actually concentrating on building that muscle. That's going to increase strength and hypertrophy. And as again, as long as you're eating well enough, as long as you're you're allowing for enough recovery, as long as the the weights and the scale is moving in the right direction you're taking care of everything that you need to to increase muscle and increase strength reality is that if you're going to if you're aiming for 10 to 15 reps that has a lot less carryover to your three rep max or to your your absolute strength so if you did 10 to 15 reps for you know a given movement let's say we did it for bench press because it's just easy to give an example say we did you know, and we did only, tw- actually, let's let's bump it up to 12 to 15. We did only 12 to 15 reps on the bench press. And over the course of four months, I went from a 80 kilo 15 rep to a 95 kilo 15 rep. That 15 kilogram increase isn't going to equate to a 15 kilogram increase to my absolute strength because I, I'm not used to handling a load that would be maybe 120 130 kilograms 140 kilograms i'm not used to handling that load so as soon as i got to um as soon as i started training that three rep max it would be different so i could go to um you know i could put 120 on and then next week probably put 125 on and 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 that's why this theory that I'm, i'm i'm trying to lay out for you guys here getting a muscle bigger and then getting it stronger it is like it does really, really work well. It requires some patience, but it works the best because you've increased, you know, you've increased the muscles, so you've increased the potential. Then you go back to strength training where you're maybe weaker, maybe the same amount of strength because you haven't been practicing that rep range. Once you start getting used to it, once that bigger muscle starts getting used to trying to express the absolute strength, so, you know, you move to 120 kilos and you you, you knock out two reps. The next week, you're a little bit more used to it or the next session you're a little bit more used to it and you can knock out 122 kilos for two or three reps then the next one you could do 120 and it goes linearly like even once you get to an intermediate and advanced level that you can get quite a quick linear increase in your absolute strength numbers 
if you take some time out away from it because it's fairly new because you're relearning that skill once that starts to slow down do you leave it no i'd still try and hammer away a strength block for you know six to eight weeks or two sets of four weeks or two rounds of five weeks you know so you're still hammering home at the strength um in you know for a decent period of time but for that time you should be getting a fairly linear growth curve or strength curve or increased curve increased weight curve should we say it should be going up every single week and 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 that could be something that once you get to the intermediate and advanced level you just don't see often so yeah hopefully that makes sense and again you don't have to stick to 10 to 15 reps i would do i'd vary the rep ranges so as a beginner mostly six to ten as you get to more to intermediate and to advanced i would look at uh one a few a couple exercises or an exercise at six to ten an exercise or two at eight to twelve and an exercise or two at 10, 15 to 20. And that way you're hitting all the rep ranges. You're giving yourself the best chance to grow. Look out for more information on that on the Rugby Muscle Applied Series is Hypertrophy 101, 102, 103, 104, and I think 105. We are, we're really going to, I'm really going to get in depth on Hypertrophy. Now for the last uh, preloaded question we have here on the podcast, we've got Charlie who asks, I can't currently do a pull-up and can do about only two dips. Do you have any advice you could give to improve my pull-ups and dips, but mainly build muscle? I also have a suspension trainer that I can use for bicep curls, etc. So essentially you can't do pull-ups or dips because you're not strong enough to do that movement with your body weight. It's the same as saying, right, I can't do 100 kilos on a bench press. What do I do? And most people will go, well, obviously, you know, for pull-ups, they say, oh, you do negatives and you do all these different variations. No, like generally you do it the same as any other move. If you can't do 100 kilo on the bench press, right, you don't just go to the gym, put 100 kilos on the bench press and just do negatives. Or you don't just put it and do some static holds. You would get your chest stronger. So maybe, you know, in this bench press scenario, say that the the, the barbell was only preloaded with 100 kilos on it. Well, even then, what else can you do? You can do push-ups, you can do dumbbell bench, and you would generally get your chest stronger. Likewise, for the pull-ups, you're going to generally get your back stronger. So you would do you know, a phase of four to six weeks of just pull-downs and rows. So if you, if you can't have access to a, a cable because you're at the gym, I would focus mostly on the rowing. I would also look at terminator crawls, which are you know, you're lying chest down, you reach up, and then you pull your elbows into your side. Um, it's not the perfect movement but it does really help you could also do pull-ups where you're on a um, some sort of lower bar and you can use your feet to assist you just to get used to pulling and i would work you know um it doesn't matter about the rep ranges because you're you're doing this just to get some good uh hypertrophy in the muscle because if you can't do any pull-ups or any dips you need some hypertrophy and you need some strength so you probably work the six to ten rep range for the the pull downs and the rows. Same thing for the dips. You would just get your triceps generally stronger. Um, do that for six to eight weeks. Then maybe we look at starting to introduce negatives. But I'm I'm still not even a big fan of those. Like they they can't help you get used to the movement. So maybe I would do um, some net some uh, a set of pull downs and then a couple just to warm up the 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 back muscles. 
and to warm up your lats, to warm up your rowing movement, the whole back musculature. Once you've done, you know, once you warm up, warmed up, I would start with three sets of five negatives. So you jump up, start at the top, slowly lower yourself down, and you just go for five. Okay, maybe three sets is overkill. Maybe you just do one set week one, two sets week two, three sets week three, um, and you could go from. Uh, start five reps and you go four and three so that you don't increase the volume because increasing the volume on negatives could absolutely wreck you um so i just try and work that strength um side of things on the pull-ups and then i would just test it i would really be careful on pull-ups to take your time not worry about how much you can do this month or how much you can do next month. Just worry about slowly increase. It's the same with everything, man. Like take your time with this. Like no one cares if you could do five pull-ups today. People care about like, no one cares about your progress anyway. You're doing pull-ups as a means to increase your back musculature. I know some really ridiculously strong guys that don't like, that don't do pull-ups without weight. They, or they don't do unassisted they, they only do assisted pull-ups they use the assisted pull-up machine because it helps them squeeze their back muscles and, and get that contraction now if you really want to uh, be a pull-up badass then um, maybe follow some calisthenics advice but if you want to do pull-ups as a tool through a toolbox as a means to train and be stronger then just generally get stronger in the pulling movements use your um, use your rows use your pull downs and then the avoid the mistake of trying to swim up on that bar and force every single rep don't do that like stay away from failure failure is going to stop your progress week to week i would as soon as a movement starts to slow down right as soon as you realize that you're probably not going to get the next one just stop there stop there no one's judging you this isn't a fucking test okay stop there come back stronger the next week see how you get on the next week and therefore then you've got like real good tracking data to see yourself improving week to week to week if you have to swim up and then like how are you going to beat that the next week it just makes things so much harder you know you're probably not going to write down in your log but oh I, I i got 20 reps or i got 20 reps i got 10 reps or i got six reps but i swam up the last three you're probably not going to remember that. You're probably going to just go, oh crap, I've got six reps this week and this uh, last week and this week I can only get four. Actually, you only got three reps last week because you fucking cheated and you fatigued yourself and now you've put yourself into the ground and now it makes, um, makes life so much more difficult. So I wouldn't, I would avoid, um, like, tr- you know, you're not doing pull ups as a test. You're doing pull ups as a training exercise. So I wouldn't be married to having to do them. Uh, and, overall i would just slowly you know take my time with it that's the the biggest advice i would give for someone that can't do any pull-ups so you would do if i was to give a block and expand upon the block that i already gave i would go um one one block and each of these blocks would be four to eight weeks of just pull downs and rows staying away from failure in that hypertrophy rep range then i would do another um, block mostly the same same volume only difference would be would be at the start of the session once i'm warmed up i would do some uh, uh, sets of three to five uh, negatives slowly increasing that over time trying to slowly decrease or increase the time you know decrease my speed so i'm going slowly lowering myself down all the way to the bottom not just to here all the way to the bottom and then jump up start again 
that would be another uh, block of four to eight weeks. Um, then I would do one final block where I would, at the beginning of each session, warm up, and then I would go for one set of three to five reps at the beginning of each session. If I can get that, great. If I can get more, great. Um, but I would always avoid failure. I'd always avoid trying to swim up, trying to do the fucking frog leg thing where you're trying to kip up. I would definitely avoid that CrossFit shit because they're, you got to understand that they're doing pull-ups for a test. Like you're doing pull-ups as a training technique. In CrossFit, they're doing them as their sport. They have to do as many pull-ups. And what they're doing is they're trying to work the muscle as little as possible by doing those weird, kippy, shitty thingies. That's That's not what you should be doing if you're trying to do pull-ups as an athlete that's not, you know, that's not being measured by how many pull-ups they can do at CrossFit. They're measured by how quickly can they do 50 or 100 pull-ups. So they want to do it really fast without taxing the muscle. You want to tax the muscle. You want to work the muscle. That's why you're doing pull-ups. Okay. So, and then, and then by then you should be able to do pull-ups and, you, you know, you train them as you would train any other movement. You would, and, you know, get, get into these, vary the rep ranges, vary the grips, um, make sure that you're moving um, consistently, effectively, and uh, like you're, you're not, you know, you know, you're not doing those crappy kipping things. You're varying the rep ranges. You can then, once you get strong at pull-ups, you can start to introduce that three to five rep range or that five to eight rep range by adding weight, by doing weighted pull-ups. Same thing for dips. Actually, the whole thing with dips would be the exact same thing but now we're looking at targeting the chest and the triceps. So I do push downs, I would do extensions, and I would do a lot of push-ups. Cool. That's a complete breakdown on how you should be doing, uh, how you how you can improve on bodyweight exercises if you can't do it to begin with. Um, let me know if you have any more feedback on that in the comments below on the YouTube channel or on the Facebook. Thumbs up as always. It really does help out. Keep asking those questions. Keep them coming in. Um. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rugby muscle vids or forward slash C forward slash rugby muscle vids. We are getting deeper and deeper in depth to how you guys should be training. Um, and I've said before, if you're, you know, if you've got a lot of time in your hands, particularly during this lockdown, use this time to help, you know, to, to educate yourself, to sharpen your axe. Don't just keep fucking slamming that blunt axe against that tree and i'm wondering why you're not be, you're, you know why you're not efficiently chopping trees down sharpen your axe get better at everything and i'll see you guys in the next one all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the robbie muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class shank condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.